Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. In fact, we started our assistance to Ukraine before this war began, as they started to do exercises along the Ukrainian border, the Russians, starting in March of last year. We took the threat of Putin invading very seriously, and we acted on it. We sent Ukraine more security assistance last year, $650 million in weapons, including anti-air and anti-armor equipment, before the invasion. More than we had ever provided before. So when the invasion began, they already had in their hands the kinds of weapons they needed to counter Russian advances. That's Joe Biden, President of the United States, saying that we have been the reason that the Ukrainians have been able to push back so effectively against Russian forces. Another billion dollars is now being offered up. More weaponry, including switchblade drones, which are kamikaze drones. Their job is to hover, and then when the target acquired, to literally just drop on the target, destroying it and the things around it. At the same time, he won't allow MiGs to go from Poland to Ukraine because that might lead to an escalation and might engage a provocation, be seen as a provocation or provocative by Vladimir Putin. But switchblades won't. But S-300 anti-aircraft uh, uh, missiles, right, surface-to-air missiles, which are actually Russian-created, that we're now getting to the Ukrainians. I have no problem with the arming. I really and truly don't. I have a serious problem with Joe Biden's talking out of both sides of his mouth. But the real question, of course, is what should we be doing here? What is it that we've seen so far? And how much of this is to the Ukrainians to do for themselves tony katz so great to be with you guys facebook tony katz radio find everything at tonykatz.com congresswoman victoria sparts joins us right now from the indiana fifth district full disclosure my representative to congress you know her story a ukrainian born an american story and now a member of congress and before we get into um what you heard from uh Ukrainian President Zelensky, uh, before we get into some of the things from uh, uh, President uh, uh, Biden and, and the things that he's going uh, for, uh, talk to me about what it is you're hearing from your contacts in Ukraine about the situation right now. Well, thank you for having me, Tony. Always a pleasure joining great fighter for freedom. Uh, the situation is dire. The situation is very serious. And I'll be honest with you, President Biden is talking from both sides of his mouth, and he contradicting himself. If you remember, the assessment was that they're going to fall, Ukraine going to fall in Russian hands in 48 hours. So they did provide some help for 48 hours, but that's about it. You know, so when they talk in all these different things, you know, that they did things to deter, they haven't. They haven't, you know, strengthened the eastern flank of NATO. Now they start moving a little bit. They have not really held very effective negotiations and really be proactive with sanctions. They've been reactive and the same with security assistance. Everything you do, you need to have speed, scale and strategy. And their strategy was fail, the same like Afghanistan. And now they're scrambling and trying to play a catch up. And they're not very fast at catch up because they're politically motivated people and they're afraid they don't have a backbone to deal with crisis effectively. So I think it's a challenging situation. A lot of Ukrainians are dying. 
and will continue to die and if West is not able to grow some backbone and really you know, mean what they say and actually do actions, not just tweet and have this grandstanding picture up. So let's get into what that is, because I, I, I had a couple of questions lined up for you, but, but before I get to my questions, let's do the follow-up on what you just brought up. What is the backbone that you are discussing as you see it, Congresswoman? What is it that you want the United States, whether, whether it's Joe Biden specifically or the United States military, what do you want them doing? Well, I think, you know, I mean, I can give you a great example, you know, and whether you hate it or like him, but President Trump had a very strong and great foreign policies. I mean, the things that he did in the Middle East with, and what he, how he was handling Russia was very effective. He was just not doing these grandstanding messages. He actually told Putin, you know what, you're going to again use chemical, you know, weapons in Syria, right, 80 tomahawks sitting there and they're going to fly onto your base with Russians and going to hit you out there. So he didn't do it again. He told Germany, you know what, you need to get your act together and, and need to have some more independence on, you know, on the energy independence. And he was forcing them to build liquid natural gas facilities. Then we pulled back, you know, he was holding the Nord Stream 2. He was expanding our energy resources to be able to have less dependency from everyone else on countries like Russia or Iran or Venezuela and all that stuff. So there are a lot of things he was doing. And also he was really strong because you don't know what he's going to do. And the best deterrence is strength. He's through strength. And when you don't say, oh, I'm not going to do this, I'm not going to do this. Oh, let me tweet you. Are you approving this? That's not how peace is. If you want to help people to have negotiation at the table for peaceful resolution, you need to show your teeth and say, I mean it. I mean business. I am not going to lie to you to get into NATO countries. You should have moved to eastern flank and, you know, beef up your defenses over there before the thing started. If you're going to be talking about sanctions, you actually need to get some things done right away and show, you know what? This is going to hit you hard, and I mean business. You need to show that you mean business, because Putin is opportunist. He's not dumb. He's an opportunist. He will exploit any weaknesses of the West. I think he did underestimate the Ukrainian people, including President Biden, and it is much harder for him, and we're in much a difficult situation. But a lot of things were done wrong, so now we have to adjust and have a different strategy, and then we have to come from circumstances where we are. So we can de-escalate this conflict. It's much harder now, but at least what we can do to help Ukrainians to protect themselves, and they're not asking us to go to protect them, but they just say, you know, let's just not fight. But that conversation, Congresswoman, is coming up a lot. Talking to Congresswoman Victoria Sparks of the 5th District of Indiana, that conversation about we should protect them is coming up a lot. And there was President Zelensky on that video call asking again for a no-fly zone. Do you believe the United States should be engaging a no-fly zone in Ukraine? Well, it's not feasible for us to enforce a no-fly zone. We can make this statement, but Russian plane is going to fly, and what are we going to do? Shoot Russian plane will be in direct confrontation with nuclear power. It's not That's the argument. I mean, that's, that's the whole conversation. Yet some people are saying we absolutely should do it, but I, I happen to be uh, one of the people who agrees with you. So I think people would find it interesting that you want to engage more with trying to stop Putin, but you don't believe in the no-fly zone. And some people would say, well, that's just weakness on your part how do you respond to that well i think there are some things you know it's not just feasible to have this is it would be a direct confrontation and we don't want to right now you know to to you know 
you know, to, to create a danger to get in a nuclear war. I mean, this is a very dangerous situation, so we don't want to go there. But the things could be done effectively for Ukrainians to be able to defend their city. We could provide them defense equipment, proper military equipment. They can, they can protect themselves, these humanitarian corridors and no-fly zones. There are some things we could probably help to enforce humanitarian corridors, but we would have to get some other non-NATO countries on board. Unfortunately, most of them have been very reluctant, really, to work with us. So we don't have this NATO versus Russia confrontation. We really should have pushed on countries like China, which really in cahoots with Russia, but I think they even didn't expect the scale of invasion. So I think we need to talk to the countries like Israel, which they have their own problems too with Russia being on the border, but try to find more neutral countries, not just NATO countries, to maybe do some mechanism to enforce some humanitarian corridors and passages and safe passages because I mean, millions of people are going to die in some of the city. It's a huge crisis, and except countries like Turkey. I haven't seen anyone else stepping up to try to help with that. But it's very complicated to do. You know, we need to have a discussion on that and see if we can find allies. Unfortunately, UN is a completely worthless organization, and there are not too many allies there. But that's something that could be dealt on a narrow basis. But at this point, it's just very difficult because Russia is not agreeing anything. And until they feel more pain, they will not go to the table. I want to follow up on this, if I may, because this idea of... If you don't believe in a no-fly zone, you're you're a puppet of Putin. And if you do believe in a no-fly zone, you're just a, a, a warmonger who wants to make money for the military-industrial complex. As you see it, Congresswoman, is it wrong to discuss whether we should be engaged militarily in Ukraine? Well, I think, you know, as, as in any, you know, war and everything, you never, you know, President Trump was very smart. You never take any options off the table. But it's not smart to do things that you not, you know, it's not on the table right now to discuss. Things can change and escalate significantly. We do have a very serious crisis and war right on the eastern flank, and you know, with our allies, and that we have commitment under Article Five, and this is pretty close to us. And there are a lot of things can happen that will be a problem. That's why it's so important for us you know, to help Ukrainians not to collapse and be able to try to get some resolution to this situation sooner than later. But so I'm asking a little more specifically to, to the... Provoked in some ways, and they say we're going to shoot a Russian plane, it's just unreasonable because ultimately this is a very serious situation and we cannot underestimate its significance, but also not overestimate that Russian, you know, Russians are so dumb that they're going to have all these nuclear countries on, you know, at least three of them right now from NATO will be on them, too. So I think we also need just to be smart, but, but things like that, we shouldn't be used very lightly. And I understand that Ukrainians are very desperate. I understand what's happening. It's just atrocity, a genocide. But we have to be honest with them and say, listen, these things are not realistic and not feasible. And, and is this, this, is this what you honestly told? Significantly. Is this what you honestly told President Zelensky that we, we have to be honest, that a no-fly zone is absolutely not going to happen, but we can send stingers, javelins, and switchblades? Well, I do not have direct communication with President Zelensky, but that's what I told their representatives and ambassadors and people that communicate with us. You know, I said, I'll be honest with you. And you have to be honest with people so they understand the circumstances. At this point, it cannot be on the table. I am not going to put 
my constituents and risk to get, you know, as an, as an American congresswoman, to get them into nuclear war. I, it's just not going to happen. And maybe some of my colleagues can do it, but that is a very small percentage. So you need to deal with that. Situation can change. A lot of things. It's a very hot situation out there. But at this point, you know, but there are some other things we can do and we should do. And we should do them faster to help them, you know, to protect themselves and protect Europe from further escalation because they're just fighting it for all of us, not for them. And we have to be honest. We cannot just be wishy-washy like in every other issue. I think, honestly, people deserve honesty and people that you consider to be your allies and friends deserve honesty. Talking to Congresswoman Victoria Sparts of the Indiana 5th District. Uh, bef- before I let you go, um, uh, two things. Uh, this, we, we, we've heard the possibility of peace talks. If, if Ukraine promises not to join NATO, if they reduce the size of, of, of their military, no word yet on whether or not they have to reduce the arsenal of Molotov cocktails they have, um, they, giving up Donetsk and Luhansk and these areas within the Donbass, that would be enough, and then Putin would, would, would stop this invasion. This is what we're hearing. It's been reported in a couple of places. Have you heard anything like this, and do you believe that there is a deal in the offing? I think right now, you know, Russia is not serious about negotiating. Putin sense, you know, he's like retired ministers of culture to negotiate. It's not very serious. You can see Senator Lavrov, even, you know, into Turkey, wasn't even able to negotiate humanitarian corridors. They're not even willing to do this much. So until they feel more pain and understand that it's getting much worse than they anticipated much faster and understand that they have to get to the table. They haven't been serious about actually having negotiations. And I hope we also have been, have a serious intention to have negotiations because ultimately we need to be part of between Russia and Ukraine, but we need to be part of it. And it's important for us not just this is grandiose statements, what we're not going to do, and he cannot do this, and like really call all these different things, which agitate him too, but actually say this is things that could happen and try to find common ground to stop this insanity, because ultimately, if this insanity doesn't stop, it's going to be bad for all of us, and it can escalate further. So we need to help to propose some solutions, and hopefully sooner than later, because the more atrocities happen, the less likely Ukrainian people will be willing also to come to the table because this is just a suffering and killing to this extent that it's very difficult for them mentally then also to agree to something. So I think it's important to put pressure on Russia now that not just like a little bit poke the bear. You know, if you're going right. to poke the bear, you better and be able to talk with them. So Russia gets become serious about talking to Ukraine and us. Well, I still have 30 seconds. I only have 30 seconds. President Biden told Jackie Heinrich of Fox News that, yes, Vladimir Putin is a war criminal. Congresswoman, is Vladimir Putin a war criminal? Well, I'm actually co-leading the bill that just passed the Senate with uh, Senator Lindsey Graham, and I do it on the House side. This, you know, I always say any thug and criminal should be, you know, not guilty until proven. So if he's an large, a large war criminal, and but the evidence is very strong, and I think... Eventually, he will be considered, you know, to be a war criminal, all his generals. But I think the mechanics of it is much harder to enforce. But I think we need to send a clear statement that what they do in this atrocity, this terrorism, the slaughtering of people and genocide is not acceptable. And not just him, but all people under him will be paying for this decision.
And you uh, and Senator Lindsey Graham, Republican South Carolina, having this press conference the other day on a war crimes resolution. That's what you're referring to. Congresswoman, I appreciate right. you taking... Just as the Senate, Tony, so working in the House now. Unanimous I appreciate you taking the, the time Senate. to be with us. I appreciate the updates, and we're going to talk more. Congresswoman Victoria Sparks, 5th District of Indiana, my member of Congress. Uh, Congresswoman, thank you. As always, more to get to. I'm Tony Katz. March Madness has begun, and already my bracket is bust. I don't, I don't know if it is, or, or I just got to assume. I got to assume I have no idea how to pick a bracket. And I, I didn't make any changes. I still have Wisconsin winning it all. Which, uh, for people who like cheese, makes me a genius. If everybody else makes me like, oh, Tony. Oh, Tony, stick to politics and cigars. My dear boy, what's wrong with you? We'll see. We'll see how it how how it goes. Uh, I'm just hoping for stuff that's exciting and fun and people uh, can enjoy. Also, St. Patrick's Day and a very happy St. Patrick's Day, one and all. There's more than green beer. And uh, I was discussing earlier that on Eat, Drink, Smoke, my cigar and bourbon show, we've been kind of highlighting St. Patrick's Day all month. And and we were uh, even uh, smoking some Candela cigars. So Candela is, is a type of of wrapper. Of a cigar and has a has a green hue uh, to it. It's a really interesting uh, leaf. Uh, 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 there's almost a touch of tea uh, that that gets in there. Some people might see that as either a citrus or a floral kind of taste. Um, a bit of grassy notes. I happen to like grass in my cigar. Uh, not, not that kind of. No, 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 no. Grass being the flavor of of grass. We're, we're, no, we're not talking about actual. Grass, that's something different. Grass is a flavor in cigars. Hay, wood, cedar, those kinds of things. And then, of course, coffee notes, leather, uh, deep t- tobacco, earth. Th- those are flavors as well. Sometimes cherry, dark fruits uh, can, can all be in there. But the Candela wrapper. Is it's got this kind of green hue to it, and there's a a couple of, of very interesting cigars uh, that that come with this. So La Flor Dominicana does a, a very good, uh, or I should say, an interesting Candela wrapper. I think very good is in the eyes of the beholder. Uh, Alec and Bradley with the filthy hooligan. Uh, Camacho does a Candela wrapper. That's a good one to do for St. Patrick's Day. So go to your local cigar shop and say Tony Katz said you're looking for a Candela wrapper. And then enjoy that on St. Patrick's Day. And also, we did a review of Jameson's uh, Black Barrel. That is, that is Irish whiskey. It doesn't taste like Irish whiskey. That was pretty good. That's worth a shot. Jameson Black Barrel. If you want to enjoy something this evening. I'm here to help. I'm Tony Katz. Can someone explain to me how the NCAA sent the wrong plane to IU? How is how, how how does that happen? That you've got Purdue and uh, not Purdue IU they win against Wyoming they're in Dayton right we all we all know this we saw the game and we're like all right right on IU playing in they got to now travel to Portland Oregon they got to play St Mary's 
Me, I'm Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. How you doing? Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. The book, Let's Go Bourbon, available at Amazon.com. You should go buy that book right now. Amazon.com for Let's Go Bourbon, the bourbon reader you will love and adore. It is fantastic and easy read. Very, very helpful. They beat Wyoming. They're on their way to Portland. And it's like 1.15 in the morning, and that's when they're going to get on the plane and fly out to Portland, except... The plane's too small. It could not fit the team and the traveling party. And think of the traveling party. There's coaches. There's trainers. There's there's the I think there's the band that goes with them, right? There's like there's a whole thing around this. So the NCAA provides them a plane that's too small. So the next thing you know, they have to wait. For a second plane. And by the way, not only was the first plane too small, uh, there was a crew member who was an hour late to arrive. How is that even possible? St. Mary's probably sent the plane. You think St. Mary's did both? Conspiracy, yeah. Yeah, oh, well. I do I do love a good conspiracy theory, as you know. Just love it to death. So they get on the second plane. And they find they can't fit all the luggage for the traveling party. So we don't know if the band instruments made it to Portland. So they arrive in Portland at 5.55 a.m. They left Dayton at 4 a.m. It's a three-hour time change. So they're all sorts of screwed up now. Giving them less time to get ready for the game against St. Mary's, which uh, I I think they flew like an hour they're like an hour and and, and uh, 15 minutes, right? Then they have a 30-minute, you know, IU gets uh, to the airport. They have a 30-minute ride to a hotel. Uh, that that's, that's the way it goes. Now, these guys are 20-somethings, 19, 20, 21. They can handle this. If their bodies can't snap back from this, well, then they're not the athletes I thought they were. You, you're an old man. You are an older woman. Notice I said older, not old. I am not crazy. You can't do this stuff anymore. But these guys got to be able to handle it. No one is going to buy into it. Oh, man, we're so tired. No one's going to buy into it. This is going to be an adrenaline run. That said, I want to know who gets fired. That's the question. How do you send the wrong size plane? How is it even possible? It's the same amount of, of, of members on the team. Everyone's got the coaches. Within two people, it's all the same. I just don't know how it happens. And I, that kind of stuff drives me crazy. Drives me absolutely up a wall. That somehow it, it, you, you could have a situation where... It's the same way every single time. Every single time. Yet, on this one occasion, they do it completely different. Sorry, I don't, I don't know what to do with that information. That person that you you have hit upon an absolute pet peeve of mine drives me crazy. Now I want to know when someone's going to get fired. That's all. I just want to know when someone's going to be fired. Uh, Like, um, I don't know, like Speaker Pelosi, uh, 
who thinks uh, that uh, Joe Biden has done a masterful job, masterful job in Ukraine. What? How is that even? How is that even possible to say out loud? Presentation that we all witnessed yesterday. We're not doing open skies. And he did it. Oh, did I just lose it? I think I did. I think I think I lost the audio. Speaker on this would be my third interaction with the. Ukraine speaker, they know that's not, we we understand your position on that. These are the things we need otherwise. Uh, These are just very, it seems very clear that, uh, let me back up for a second and just say, President Biden has done a masterful job in managing this situation. I have no idea what she's talking about, neither does anybody else. But I'll say this, she sounds worse than Joe Biden. She sounds far worse than Joe Biden. I didn't even know that was possible. And Joe Biden sounds absolutely terrible and completely ridiculous. And you know what I'm about to do, so just kick back and enjoy. Harris-Biden administration. You have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black got hairy legs that turn that 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 turn uh um, blonde in the sun we hold these truths to be self-evident all men and women created by go you know the you know the thing say it ain't so joe oh but it is turns out joe biden hangs out with an interesting group of friends and he's uh Clearly having a conversation about revenge porn and how it's an actual problem and people uh, take uh, videos and photos and they post them online and certainly I I, I would agree that that's an awful, awful thing to do. I wholeheartedly agree. But this, this is something else right here. So we established a new civil rights, a new civil rights cause of action for those whose intimate images were shared on the public screen. How many times have you heard? I bet everybody knows somebody somewhere along the line that in an intimate relationship, what happened was the guy takes a revealing picture of his naked friend or whatever in a compromising position. And then literally, in a sense, blackmails or, or, or mortifies that person. Send it out. Put it online. I got to tell you, I don't know anybody who does that. Now that you know. we No, he said we all know somebody. So I don't. So let me ask you uh, a, a question. You uh, taking a lot of naked pictures of yourself or, or, or the new Mrs. Castle? No, but I know someone who did get their pictures leaked online. And why did they take the pictures? I that doesn't you know it doesn't excuse a, a crime being committed. You know the pictures are for someone else. If someone leaks, whoa 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 whoa! I, I get that they call it a crime. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. But 
Is it a crime also if I take the phone and I turn to you and I'm like, take a look at that? Is that also a crime? It's unsavory. Sharing the photo. Unsavory. Unsavory, right? Things you should not do. I don't know if it's a crime. The question is, why do you put yourself in the position? What's the point of sending the photo? Why give somebody the photo when you can give them the real thing? That's my argument. I think you just give them the real thing. If, if I'm being asked which one I want. Yes, 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 yes. I, I'm, 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 I'm very clear. We all know somebody. I bet everybody knows somebody. That's, that's very, very odd to me. I, and, I, and I'm like, once again, look at how he, look, his, his, the entire phraseology of it is crazy. We all know somebody. No, we don't. No, we do absolutely not. Just so we're clear. And I just, I don't know why he, he goes down, goes down these roads. What makes him think that, like, that's a way to connect with people? Because clearly he knows that not everybody knows somebody, but he thought that this was just some kind of, hey, this would be a way to really engage people in the conversation. You all know somebody who's a skank, right? Ah, it could be your sister, it could be your mom, for all I know. Trying to bag that third husband. You know how it is. Am I right or am I right or am I right? It's super weird. It's super weird. One, just me? Okay. Uh, the amount of times I've told my kids not to post anything online or do anything that they don't want seen online is, well, daily. Daily. Do not do this. Whatever you do, do not do this. This is a bad idea. This is going to get you hurt. I don't know. I do not let my kids on social media. My kids do not have a social media pre a presence at all. Outside of, uh, so they text. Well, that's that's not it. Um, uh, Discord, right? Because they, they they game and they, and and they, and they talk to other people. But uh, in terms of Twitter, Getter, Instagram, Snapchat, no. Now you could say to me, well, what if they what if they've got one in private? What if they've got one in secret? So you're asking me, what if my kid is just a lying scumbag or if I'm just a dumb schmuck? That's what you're asking. Anytime you say it, oh, they could have one, you don't know. Oh, you don't know. There's always the case where you don't know. I hear you. You can't do anything about that. You can only do the things about the things that you can do something about. That was very that was very Kamala Harris in my answer right there. I apologize. To the best of my knowledge, my children aren't low life liars. To the best of my knowledge, I'm not a schmuck. My kids are not on social media, and I think I think they're happier. Right? They don't they don't have the FOMO. You know you know what the FOMO is there, producer Ari. Fear of missing out. It's the fear of missing out. F-O-M-O, -O, fear of missing out. That's, that seems to be a, 
a, a thing, right? The, 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 the fear of missing out seems to be a, a thing that happens among social media. They're also not engaged in levels of competition. They're not worried about what they're left out of, which is the part that I'm most thrilled by. Because when I, when I speak to parents and I hear them talk about the, the, the issues, it's, oh, all these kids were talking about this party they were at and, and so-and-so, my child wasn't invited and they felt so bad. Do I want to feel bad about a group of people who don't want to invite me to a party? Screw them. I am the party. You don't want to be around me for a party? That's cool. I'll, f- I'll find my group. I will find my group and I will party with them, thank you very much. But, I mean, that's what social media does. It, the, 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 the false world, the, the unattainable goal, and the missing out. Does, it doesn't foster much else. It really and truly doesn't. At least at that age group. When you get older and you get into our age group, it just, uh, it just brings about straight hate and disgust for your fellow men. You spend enough time in social media, you, you, you just, you, 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 lo- you lose your soul, which is why I spend less and less time. I will admit, I have not gotten out of it completely. I should. I have discussed it. I haven't done it. But the amount that I have cut out in my life, oh, oh. Wow, did I, did I just have that moment on air? I, I really did. It is so good. It is so, so much better off. Can't tell you how good it is. I'll get into this story about Disney, because I think this is one of the big stories of uh, the day. Keep it right here. I'm Tony Katz. As part of their Hunter Biden probe, Prosecutors examined emails matching those from a cachet that appears to have come from the laptop Biden abandoned at a Delaware repair shop. Our story cites some of the emails which are authenticated by people familiar with them and the probe. That is a tweet from Kenneth Vogel of the New York Times. And now all of a sudden, now all of a sudden, everything we heard about the laptop is, is, is real. The New York Post broke that story. And you know what we were told? Fake news. Twitter won't even allow it to be shared. Twitter actively worked to keep Donald Trump from being elected president, regardless of what you think of any of the other problems were. Twitter put their thumb on the scale. Hunter Biden paid off a significant tax liability. He told an associate that it was a million dollars plus and that he took out a loan to pay for it. But a federal grand jury is continuing to gather evidence in a broad probe of Hunter's international business dealings. He's a shady, shady guy, a criminal guy, and that family, the Biden family, is up to their eyeballs in scandal. And if we had a journalist class that cared about journalism at all, they would all be involved in it. But all of these years later, it's it's been over a year, right? Was it two years by now? Regarding the, the laptop, I forget how long it's been. They told us it wasn't real. They told us it was, it was cockamamie. They told us it was, it was fake news. They told us it didn't matter. And Twitter absolutely silenced the New York Post. 
You want to know how awful Jack Dorsey is? You know, I was talking about social media. You know how awful Jack Dorsey is? Low life. He's a low life. I'm only bothered that he's so successful because clearly he has a mind for some things. You would think that that mind would keep him from being a no-good, dirty bastard. Mm, nope. <laughs> clearly not. Speaking of being a no-good, dirty, you know what? Disney employees among the 108 arrested in Florida human trafficking sting. I think this should be the biggest story in America. You got Polk County did a six-day undercover operation that they called Operation March Sadness 2, resulting in 108 arrests focusing on human trafficking, prostitution, and child predators, including people who worked at Disney. This is... It's horrifying. Horrifying. But they, these people exist. These child predators exist. And so when adults and parents want to protect their children from overt sexualization and things like that, they have reasons. And they're not bad people. They're right. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. Good work on the police, by the way. Everything at TonyKatz.com. Tomorrow, everyone. Take care.